Hey, welcome to the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast with me, Rob Kosberg. Every week, I interview thought leaders and experts who have used the book to grow their income and their impact. So tune in weekly for these interviews so you can learn how to use your own best-selling book and go from hunting for clients and opportunities to instead being the hunted. All right. Hey, welcome, everybody. Rob Kosberg here. Excited to uh, be back with you for another episode of the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast. Got a great guest for you today, Tom King. Tom is the founder of uh, Icon Foods. Uh, they're one of the largest distributors of food products, natural sweeteners, things like that. He's a self-described biohacker and the best-selling author of Guy Gone Keto. I guess Tom made it your life's work to study food science and get people to eat healthier, avoid sugar, which is terrible for you, and it's too bad it tastes so good and it's so <laughs> addictive. <laughs> and of course, maintaining diet and exercise to defeat metabolic disease. So excited to, to have you on, excited to talk to you today, my friend. Thanks, Rob. I totally appreciate that. And thank you for uh, an amazing introduction. That was awesome. Yeah, my pleasure. So I like to, of course, we have two different tracks, as as I mentioned and explained, but I like to understand a little bit of what the history and motivation was that created this biohacker, uh, if you will, that made you who you are. So what's the underlying foundation? What's the underlying motivation that brought Icon Foods to the world? Well, I mean, my biohacking thing is just a matter of curiosity and seeing how I can continually increase my performance. And I don't mean like athletic performance as much as I do sort of my mental performance and my focus and stuff like that. So, and I dabble quite a bit in using different modalities for longevity. So that's kind of my biohacking thing. But it sort of bleeds into, you know, the food ingredient side of things because I am a food scientist. So I do create a lot of formulas. It's what I do on a weekly basis, aside from herding cats in my <laughs> CEO role. But yeah, I would say my interest in food, well, it's kind of interesting. I would say that my interest in food really peaked when I ran into this gentleman like in 1994 back in Phoenix, Arizona, and he'd just come back from Paraguay and had a jar full of this green paste. And I mean, I'm up for anything. And he, Jim made like hands me this jar of green paste and he's like, you know, try this. And I tasted it and it was about 25 times sweeter than sugar. It's kind of herby, bitter flavor to it, but it was really, really sweet. I, immediately, I was like, what is this? Is this some sort of sugar or some kind of unrefined sugar? And he said, no, it's the stevia leaf. Huh. And at that point, I had never heard of stevia. Like never heard of it. And I'm like, oh, so it's got sugar in it. And he's like, no, it has zero calories, zero carbohydrates, you know. And at that point, that was like me taking the red pill. Like yeah. I just went down the rabbit hole and I'm like, I need to understand what this is all about. And that was the beginning of my quest, like understanding that there's things that exist in nature that are yeah. sweet, that we can use to sweeten foods that aren't sugar. And then after that, it was just this massive quest to be able to figure out how to scale or how to create an extraction process, like clean water extraction process to be able to get those sweet constituents out of the leaves and to be able to create a, like a usable combination of compounds that makes it usable for consumers and manufacturers. Love it. So this is going back, you know, 25 years now. 
That's certainly pre-keto and paleo. That's maybe oh, yeah. uh, Atkins diet days, right? Yep. Which may have been a precursor to uh, to keto and paleo. Yep. What was it that, that motivated you even to look in it, into it in the first place? Was there diabetes in the family or like what's the motivation to be a food scientist in, in your case? I was a horrible sugar addict. Mm. And what's interesting is like people will kind of laugh and go like, oh yeah, you were a sugar addict. But I was a sugar addict. Like I was addicted to sugar. It felt like I couldn't get enough sugar. Mm. I would literally take a can of Pepsi and dump a bag of M&Ms in just so it was a little sweeter. So I had this really, really terrible sweet tooth, which sort of led to some intermetabolic issues. Like I would start getting fat and then I would go on some sort of a crash diet and lose it. And that's when all things collided at that point because I was having this sort of yo-yo thing, discovered Atkins. And I'm like, oh, Atkins will put me into keto. I'll be able to lose the weight. But it was a diet. Yeah. And it's like diets don't work. Right. Only, only thing that works is a lifestyle change. And I was never really ready to make that lifestyle change until I was in Vegas and I just hit a wall. I went out to dinner with a client and they were buying and <laughs> I had cake and, <laughs> and wine and steak. And I got back up to my room and looked in the mirror and I'm like, you're not being your best self. And I really felt like a huge imposter because I worked in the industry, but I wasn't healthy and I was eating like crap. That was my motivating factor. Like the pain of my behavior had exceeded the pleasure that I was deriving from it. Interesting. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's not like uh, that was external, right? All that was internal. There was an obvious like disconnect between who you saw yourself internally and how you were acting internally. So that sounds like that was a radical change in your life from that point on. It was. I mean, I would say that that was a period of bottoming out. Because it's like, I need to make a change. And I've always been like this person who likes to write things down. Like yeah. I always journal the first thing that I do when I get up in the morning. And so at that point, I'm like, I need a major lifestyle change. Yeah. And that is when I started collecting data and just literally journaling my journey, if you will, of adopting a ketogenic lifestyle and getting my crap together. Yeah. And after a year, I literally had a book that I was able to take to a publisher. Nice. Congratulations on that. It's no small feat to write a book. I don't need to tell you that. It's very challenging and harrowing. And uh, you even changed throughout the process a little bit, I imagine. What are some like stories that you've heard back about how the book has impacted people, uh, oh. the kind of difference that it's made in people's lives? Um, well, I go to a lot of trade shows. And one of the trade shows that I go to is called the Metabolic Health Summit. And a lot of people who consumers and professionals that are involved in metabolic health and keto go to this. And I have had people come up to me at these events that I go to and literally wrap their arms around me. Wow. I mean, this is pre-COVID, of course. <laughs> of course. There, it's an <laughs> event, so it had to be pre-COVID. <laughs> yeah, wrap their arms around me and like, oh, my God, you completely changed my life. I mean, I keep hearing people say I have 60 pounds, 100 pounds, and I feel really great about myself. And the first time that happened, it was so weird because I was autographing books, which was also very strange to me. 
because it's like you want me to autograph this you want me to <laughs> write it in this book it's like this is just me i'm not famous or anything right that was like one thing but the first time that somebody said i got your book on amazon and it completely changed my life and i brought it here for you to autograph wow, that's cool it yeah. was so moving like i mean we hugged and I mean, I teared up. It's like, wow, you know, this thing that I wrote actually impacted a person's life. And since then, and I think the book's been out for four years now, I get it a lot. I get people telling me the book help them, help them make a lifestyle change and that they feel better about things. And there's no feeling better than that, really. Yeah. Congratulations. That's Thank a beautiful you. feeling. You're right. There is no shortage of keto books. I don't need to tell you that. I'm sure you even thought about that when you began your project. What's different about yours? Of course, you're different about yours. But you know, what is it that is about yours that you feel like impacts people and that makes it stand out? What's interesting is I didn't actually think, hey, there's a bunch of keto books that are out and this is just going to be another keto book. I didn't really think about this. This was a passion project. Yeah. And it's like, I need to memorialize what I'm experiencing right now. Nice. I need to memorialize what a lifestyle change is of authors and stuff like that that do that write keto books and, and I'm friends with them. I would say the thing that was different about my book is most of the keto books are just books of recipes. Like, here's a bunch of recipes, and mine definitely strips it down to, look, be honest with yourself. This is the way that you make a lifestyle change. Mine happened to be moving from a diet high in carbs and sugar into a lifestyle of eating a lot of fat, cutting carbs to minimal, cutting proteins down, and having zero sugar. Yeah. So... It was that discipline of being able to do that because you can show people this is how you're supposed to eat and it might work for a week. Yeah. But I think mine's different in the respect that this is how you create a lifestyle change. This is how you hold your feet to the fire. Mm. This is how you break a bad habit. People have habits because they derive pleasure from them. Right. And if you can find a way to associate like massive amounts of pain to this habit that you want to break, it exceeds the pleasure that you get from it. And it takes time. But if you are able to create that mindset of like, hey, I'm going to eat this donut and it's going to give me an instant rush of sugar and carbohydrates, it's going to give me that pleasure. But then what do you associate with that? Like, mm -hmm. do you associate shame? Do you associate like a early death? Mm -hmm. I mean, all of these things. And it's just really being able to culminate all of those negative feelings that being overweight or not feeling good enough or whatever it is, culminating all of that negativity and pushing it right onto that habit that you want to, that you want to vanquish. I love that. I told you before, when you were kind enough to send me a copy of your book, so I started going through it, I did notice that. I've read various keto books and manuals, and my wife knows how to make chaffles, and nice. we, 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 <laughs> we do our thing, if you know what I mean. But I do think that you know, there's there are fundamental elements. It is a lifestyle change. And there are fundamental elements that if there isn't a fundamental change, it's just too hard not to go back to mm -hmm. that kind of addictive lifestyle. It's easy to eat carbohydrates because they're plentiful, they're cheap, mm -hmm. easy to come by, uh, not yeah. to mention tasty. And it's too difficult in one sense uh, without some type of underlying motivation to make that kind of change. So obviously, you know, for those that are listening, uh, Guy Gone Keto, great book that I think addresses some of the fundamental things. Maybe the reason that 
you haven't made the change that you want to make. Tell me, everybody has their magic and methodologies about things. Is there something that you would say, not I'm looking for five steps, but if you have five steps, I'll take that. But is there, would you say there's like a, a process that people go through to make these fundamental changes? Yes, I do. It's something that I practice and it's sort of a goal setting uh, practice that I do. I mean, it's not sort of, it is, it's how I create outcomes in my life. And then part of it is, is laced into this whole keto lifestyle thing. But to make a change or to adopt keto or to accomplish anything in your life is about setting an intention. If you don't do this in writing, it's worthless. Right. I mean, you need to write it down, like write down your intention, write down the outcome that you want to achieve and then create an action plan. And it's a quantifiable action plan, like dates, what you're going to do, work your plan and let go of expectations because expectations always lead to disappointment. And once you get the disappointment, you feel like you're a failure mm. and then and you will lose your intention, you will lose your outcome, and the thing that you've built will start to fall apart. Hmm. So the action plan is the foundation of what you want to create. Letting go of your attachment to expectation puts your focus on 100% on the action plan. Hmm. And then once a week, you just examine the data. You look at it and it's like, am I making progress here? You know, you do your data collection. Like if it's a weight loss, if it's weight loss that is your desired outcome, you look at your BMI, you look at your weight, you take your measurements, you take your blood pressure, whatever pieces of data that you're collecting that are associated with that particular outcome, examine the data. If you're starting to see progress, then keep doing what you're doing. If you're not seeing progress, then pivot change your action plan. And then if it just doesn't work, change your outcome. Hmm. You know, like if your outcome is to lose a hundred pounds and your action plan isn't working and you've tweaked your action plan, maybe the outcome that you're looking for is lose 20. Hmm. Take steps, but that is something like tattooed, you know, into my psyche. Like if yeah. I want to accomplish anything in this world, I write it down and I use that method and I let go of expectation. Yeah. That always is going to lead to disappointment. Yeah, I love that. I journal and I write a good Excellent. deal. It shouldn't, honestly, but it often surprises me when I write down intentions, goals, something that I'm focused on. I won't say New Year's resolutions, but I do always do them around New Year's. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, I go back at various times of the year and I review those things. And the second part about developing the action plan, I don't always do on all of these things. Mm -hmm. But shockingly, it's amazing how many of these things I accomplished, even without developing an action plan, because I do think mm -hmm. there is a power in the subconscious. And I do think that there's a power to writing down. I don't think it's the secret Personally, I don't right. think that there's something mystical happening, mm -hmm. but I think when you communicate that through writing and through the intention, what it is that you want, I think it's not perfect. It's not foolproof, but it always surprises me how many things that I focused on, I know I'm going to accomplish, but even ones that I didn't focus on that mm -hmm. I accomplished. Now, weight loss, unfortunately, is not one of those things. I always need to focus on that. <laughs> Because <laughs> I do love the sugar and the carbs, so I need to, yeah, you know, I'm like, babe, make me, I really want a chawful BLT. I'm dying for something that tastes like bread. <laughs> <laughs> 
love that. Yeah, that's interesting. And yeah, and I've also found the same thing. Like I've been writing my my goals down for decades, and I've been in the same situation where I didn't put together an action plan, but just the effort of writing down the intention and the outcome puts momentum to it. And they do sort of mystically, if you will, sort of manifest sometimes. And yeah. you're just like, well, how the hell did that happen? Yeah. And I've thought about that a lot, too, because I'm not one of these woo-woo people. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, nor am I, but it does happen. It does happen. But I also think that, that people are like, oh, yeah, if you're focused on something and you do these affirmations, this thing is, the, you know, whatever your desired outcome is going to somehow manifest on its own without action or anything else. I think that's hugely irresponsible because people go back and be like, oh, I wasn't wishing hard enough. Right. And I'm like, well, let me tell you something about wishing, right? Yeah. You wish in one hand and the other and see which one fills up faster. So there's that factor. But what I've always sort of equated that sort of pseudo mystical manifestation to, if you were in a boat or you got in your car and if you just got in your car and turned it on and put it in drive and press on the gas... I mean, you're going to go into a tree, you're going to go, like, if you don't have some direction, you're going to wreck, you're going to go off the road, you're not going to go anywhere. Right. And I think just the fact that you write it down gives you that direction, nice. you know, that your mind understands this is where we're going. Love it. Good piece there. Let's pivot for a minute. Obviously, people need to get the book. There's a lot there that I think will fundamentally help people. You wrote the book as a passion project. A lot of clients that I work with, they're writing books, yes, out of the passion, but also because they want a result. I imagine that you've seen some amazing things happen from your book. Talk to me a little bit about how has your brand grown? How has your authority in the space grown? What has happened because of the book? Well, I would say that the time and the money that I invested in writing Guy Gone Keto has come back a hundredfold. Wow. And I mean, it was probably one of the best investments that I could make in myself personally, but also in my business because the book really helped me become influencer in the keto category. And out of it, I started becoming an authority in keto formulations. And I mean, I do keto formulations, but it really solidified it. So when keto is still blowing up and it's still, I don't think it come close to peaking yet, it made me sort of an authority on what ingredients do you use to substitute for sugars and carbs and stuff like that. And so now when there's startups or there's large food manufacturers that are looking to get into that keto space, they come right to me. Okay. They're like, hey, we're looking to do a cookie. We're looking to do a candy. We're looking to do a frozen dessert. These are the things that we're running into. We understand that you an expert on keto. And it has, yeah, that they come to us for that. And when I help them with their formulations and they're on track, they've got the keto macros dialed in, they end up buying ingredients from us. And it's really helped me probably quadruple revenue for Icon Foods. Wow. Well, I don't know what that means, but I'm going to assume that that's millions of dollars. Uh, 100x uh, is no small amount. I actually use that number quite a bit myself. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. about what my books have done for me and my business. Uh, We eat our own cooking, so to speak, meaning that Mm -hmm. I'm in this business, but we use books to grow our business just like we suggest and recommend to our clients. So very, very cool. Uh, Love to hear that and uh, obviously happy for you. I think what you're doing is incredibly needed. I hate 
to see the shape that the United States of America is in. You know, our children mm. are more obese than ever. Mm. There is an epidemic. It's shocking. It seems like in a generation we have gone from, you know, the poor are malnourished and and underfed mm-hmm. to many times those that are poorer in our society are the most obese and overweight. Perhaps they're still malnourished because they're not getting the nutrients needed, but there's mm-hmm. got to be a way to fix that. And I think what you're doing with Icon Foods is clearly on the right path. So congratulations on that. Thanks, Rob. I really appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. No, it's beautiful. Uh, anything we've forgotten or left out? And of course, I'd like you to tell us where people can get the book, where they can learn more about uh, Tom King and Icon Foods and all that. Well, if you go to Gigon Keto, you can get the book there if you'd like. Okay. You can look at the line of condiments that I created, which are a whole different animal. Yep. I mean, I get asked about that a lot because it's like, oh, you make ketchup? And it's like, yeah, I couldn't have ketchup. So I made ketchup for myself. And then it just launched into this brand. It's been, you know, a passion project. You can find the book if you want on Amazon. I think Barnes and Noble, it's out there all over the place. On social media, Guy Gone Keto. You can yeah. just find me, direct message me if you guys have questions or anything like that. But a lot more products I'm working on and stay tuned for those. Love it. Tom, hey, thanks for being on the show and uh, <laughs> thanks for sharing uh, a little bit about your journey. Absolutely. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate it. My pleasure.